Valley Fun Center studio. It's the Bill King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. Hot is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Later on Tuesdays, but he's traveling. He's going to Indy for the Combine. Mike Griffith, AJC's Dog Nation, checks in. Griff, good morning. Uh, good morning, Bill. He's in that tiny little Hartsfield airport. It's You probably don't see any other people there, right? Best airport in the world. <laughs> what are you... I know you go to the uh, combine pretty much every year, but what are you looking for when you head there, when you get there? Oh, the interviews are always great. You know, the players are kind of unplugged. You know, they're, they're no longer, um, you know, when they're still playing, it almost feels like, it almost feels like, you know, they're watching what they're saying. They're worried about saying the wrong thing. They want to repeat the company line, but when they come to the combine, it's like you really get to know them because now it's all about their brand. It's not about the team brand. It's not about, worrying about saying the wrong thing, you know, to upset coach or whatever. It's uh, an opportunity for them to talk about themselves and their careers and, um, you know, on an individual basis. And, you know, it's it's an audition. It's a job interview, right? And they're going to sit down with all the NFL teams. And when they meet with the media, they, they take those interviews really seriously. And um, they're, they're usually, you know, very forthcoming. Will Georgia have nearly as many kids drafted as a year ago? You know, that's a tough one. Um, you know, they had 15 drafted last year. That was a record. I mean, it makes, you know, 9 or 10 sound like not much, but you know, that would have been a program record, uh, you know, pretty much before last year, or at least tied it. I think they'll get I think they'll get 9 or 10 guys drafted. I think, you know, 10, probably 11, maybe the over-under. There's a few guys that might sign as free agents, but, uh, that's to be expected. Expected. I mean, you can't have 15 guys drafted every year. As much talent as Kirby's built there, um, you know, he, I think if they had 10 guys, 11 guys drafted, it'd be a pretty good, pretty good haul. And I think recruits are noticing that. Mike Griffith, AJC's Dog Nation, checks in with us every Tuesday to talk some college football. As do you even? <laughs> I know we've talked about this acknowledge basketball is there anything you can do to cover that or is it just worthless oh you know we have someone that covers it and i'll go there and do columns on occasion i mean obviously you know the georgia season's taking a pretty tough turn lately and 
you know, Mike White had, you know, won a couple, you know, stole a couple games, you know, beat a ranked Auburn team earlier this year. That was a, that was a really nice win. Um, but it's hard when, when you're trying to cobble together, uh, you know, eight or nine transfers and it's your first year to school. And, uh, you know, like I said, Georgia's had some decent moments this year, but the SEC's tough. I mean, it's, it's not a pushover league. It used to be there's only what? two or three teams to get invited to the tournament, Bill. And, you know, now we're, what are we looking at this year, six or seven? And other years we've had even more. So um, it's been a tough year for, for Mike White and, and Georgia basketball. But, um, you know, that's, that's a program that's going to take some time to change the culture. Tom in Myrtle Beach wants to know about Sonny Dykes winning the coach of the, the Spurrier Award. Yeah, well, that was great last night. I was there, and I'll tell you, Sonny is such a classy guy. And that, that award goes to the uh, top coach in his first year to school. But Sonny won a, almost swept almost all the national awards, too. And, you know, I'll tell you, Coach Spurrier is pretty funny. Um, and Sonny knows what he's getting into. Him and, him and Spurrier are buddies. But, you know, Spurrier's up there saying, yep, you guys had a pretty good season, you know. And he mentioned a couple wins. He goes, then you ran into that big red team. He goes, what did they score on you? Did, did they get 60 on you? And Sonny's out in the audience and yells out, I don't know. And Spurrier goes, well, we, we had a team put 62 on us, big red team in Nebraska. He said, uh, we won the national championship the next year, so maybe maybe the Horned Frogs going to win a national title next year. But, you know, it was just funny how Spurrier had that give and take with Sonny Dykes. And Sonny's such a classy guy. I had the chance to visit with him. You can understand why he's so popular, why he's recruited effectively. I mean, this is a guy that's going to be in it for a while uh, to win. Um, I mean, he's had success, uh, you know, most everywhere he's been and still relatively young. So, I mean, this is a guy, uh, a coaching superstar. I know it didn't end well for him against Georgia. Um, Got to give Munkin credit. Um, talking to the TCU players at the Senior Bowl, they basically said, we, we couldn't get lined up. You know, we were misaligned on defense. Those, that tight end movement just kills you. You know, when you're trying to account for Brock Bowers, it just gets you all out of sorts. But, I was so impressed with him. And, and Bob Stoops was there. Uh, he won our first ever Legends Award. And I had a chance to visit with him. And, you know, boy, he's still got the eye of the tiger, you know, and um, still coaching, obviously, in the XFL. Uh, really impressed with Coach Stoops. They, they told a funny story. I guess when Spurrier tried to hire him, he called Bill Snyder, and Bill wouldn't return the call. And so Spurrier left a message and said, Bill, I'm not going to call you again. Just going to let you know I'm going to do everything I can to hire uh, Stoops. And, uh, and, and and went after him, called him at home, and, and made him an offer I guess he couldn't refuse. And then uh, the quarterback, um, our, our freshman player of the year, Drake May, was there, and I uh, had a chance to visit with him. And, boy, he's impressive. Uh, he was a redshirt freshman last year. Uh, he'll probably be the number one or number two pick in the draft next year. And Just a, just a tall, charismatic, um, you know, confident kid. Not cocky, but confident. And, um, you know, really like – you know, visiting with him, and he told a pretty funny story about how North Carolina gets uh, up for Duke. Uh, apparently, when Spurrier was at Duke, they beat North Carolina 41-0 to and took a picture in front of the scoreboard. And apparently, North Carolina has held on to that picture all these years, and they show it before the Duke game uh, every year. So that was kind of a uh, kind of a neat little sidebar story. So it was, it was a great event. Uh, Chris Doring emceed it. And, uh, of course, I introduced, introduced uh, Chris at the start of the program. Uh, on behalf of the football riders. So, uh, great event down there in Gainesville. It's Burrier's Restaurant and a lot of former Gators there. Um, enjoyed talking with all those guys. So, a lot of fun. College football, that, that's that's a special element that um, you know, you're not going to see a banquet like that in many other sports. And, again, this award is for first-year coaches. 
at a school, first year at yeah, school. Correct. Yeah. And last year, last year, of course, uh, Coach Heupel and Coach Beamer split it. And obviously they went on to do great things with, you know, Josh in Tennessee rose to number one in the rankings and beat Alabama for the first time in, gosh, I don't know what, 15, 16 years. And, and uh, Beamer just, you know, basically wrecked the whole college football playoffs, beating Tennessee and Clemson, knocked out two teams that would have been in probably. So um, both those coaches, um, you know, fared really well and represented the Spurrier War well, well this year. Mike Griffith with us. Griff, I know you're not Mr. Chasing Recruits Around and what the latest is, but this Dylan Rayola kid had been considered after decommitting from Ohio State, from Phoenix, Arizona, leaning to Georgia, top-ranked player in the class of 24, any position, quarterback. But he was at Nebraska where his dad was a star, and his dad was a star also in the NFL as an offensive lineman, Dominic Rayola. Are you aware of what's going on there, or is Georgia in jeopardy, or what? I I don't know. I mean, I, I read the interviews, and you know, right. our recruiting guy Jeff Centel felt like you know he was a lean towards Georgia. But I read the interview, and you know, when he said that, you know, I think he was talking about the TCU game, sixty, and he and he said, well, it just wasn't TCU's day. That doesn't sound like a guy that's all jacked up and excited about Georgia. If he was all jacked up and excited about Georgia, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is the greatest program ever. Look what they did. Instead, it was almost like he was qualifying. And and that was just one little clue. And I could be completely wrong. I could be reading it completely wrong. But I never really got the sense. Um, and, and here's what – and, again, I, just to be clear, I never – I don't know what's happening with him. So I, I'm, I don't want to speak out of turn and say he sure. is or isn't leaning anywhere. But I will say – uh, unrelated to, to Rayola, that we're in an era right now where kids are going to be shopping themselves and they're going to be taking money from different schools and committing here and committing there. And, yeah, I'm interested and give me a little sugar. And, you know, that's been going on for years and years, but it's, it's going to get even more, um, you know, you're going to see even more and more of it. And, and why not? Uh, you know, you take a look at, um, you know, these coaches now, right? Like I was thinking about this, you know, every time a player goes in the portal, you know, the fans are like, oh, you know, Benedict Arnold, you know, oh, how dare you? Don't you love your school? But when an assistant coach gets interviewed for a job, they're like, oh, that's just great. Man, yeah, I hope we keep him. Oh, we love this guy. Oh, I understand why he's interviewing. Look, you can't have it both ways. If your coaches are going to be publicly interviewing with NFL teams, I don't care if it's a promotion or not. You can't hold it against a kid when he goes in the portal and entertains other offers. And this is where it's headed. We're headed for, I mean, it's, it's already kind of free agency, but, you know, the fans got to really kind of rewire their brains because when kids transfer, some of them get so darn salty and, and just say horrible things, and it, it really pisses me off because they don't know what's going on. They don't understand. They may not know the dynamics of the coaching staff, the relationship with the assistant coach, who else they're trying to recruit over them. I mean, I go back to last year. I was just as puzzled as everyone else. When Stetson Bennett said after the 2021 championship game against Alabama the next morning that he wasn't sure he was going to be back at Georgia, said he had to see if he could trust the coaches. And I'm thinking, what in the world is he talking about? Well, it turned out Georgia was trying to sign Caleb Williams, and, and Stetson knew it. So, of course, he's going to he's like, look, you know, I mean, if Georgia signs Caleb Williams, Stetson knows he's out of there. So, and it's just business. And it's like, you know, look, Kirby's like, hey, I'm not going to apologize. We're going to get the best players. Okay, coach, but it's a two-way street, right? A kid might find a Justin Fields. Hey, I didn't want to compete with Jake from another year, so he's out. Going to go to Ohio State where he can play right away. Can't hold it against him. 
So it's kind of a new world for college sports where we're not accustomed to this. We're watching guys and girls going in a program and growing within the program and being developed and being there four years, you know, vowel for life or dog for life or whatever. Nothing's for life. Todd Munkin said it best. You know, you can say it's family, but if I don't do my job, you're going to fire me. Ain't no family. Griff, we've got maybe a minute. Probably not a fair question, but for a minute. Florida State's AD on Friday talking to their board down there said, look, things got to change. We're only getting about $30, 35000000 million a year. If that holds, we're not going to be competitive. Do you think the SEC at some point will reach out to a Florida State or a Clemson? Save them. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it's up to the it's up to ESPN. The thing that that makes it a possibility is that ESPN also controls the ACC television contract, and if it could work better for both conferences, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, you know, Florida State and Clemson would seem to be good ads, but they don't really bring big media markets, and that's the thing you got to remember. This is all about dollars, and television sets. Griff, safe travel. See you next week. Appreciate it, Bill. There is Mike Griffith, AJC's Dog Nation. Gator Dave, when we come back, Omni Nashville Hotel. Tender Mac Bowls are back. We start with a three cheese blend to make our delicious Mac and top it with chopped hand breaded tenders and Colby Jack cheese. Try the Tender Mac Bowl meal or the Buffalo Tender Mac Bowl meal, both served with Texas toast and a medium drink. But hurry, they're only around for a limited time. Download the Slim Chickens app to order and earn rewards. Are you looking for a trusted partner who knows AT&T business inside and out? ABS Communications is an organization built on the premise that telecom solutions and working with companies like AT&T can often be complicated and the customer needs someone to help them navigate through these complexities. They make complex simple. Whether it's helping maintain, manage, or secure your business, ABS Communications is here to help all your business telecom and mobility needs. Their business was built with the goal of simplifying the process of connectivity for the customer and establishing a long long-term relationship of trust through transparency and accountability. ABS Communications is a top five AT&T authorized agent with over 200 years of AT&T technical experience. You can call Mark and the gang at 615-349-8588 or you can visit their website at abscomcomm.net. And remember, mention the McFarland Show to ABS and you could get up to $250 in a Visa gift card for new ABS business customers. And now, Habit Inspected Property Solutions is reminding Americans to show support to the brave men and women who serve our U.S. military. This message is brought to you by veteran-owned and operated Habit Inspected Property Solutions. For residential home inspections, radon and air quality testing, or mold and thermal imaging, give the pros a call today at 615-527-8113. That's 615-527-8113. Habit Inspected Property Solutions. Proudly saluting our troops and veterans. They're professionals who care. 
When you're away from home and you want down-home cooking, Kitchen Notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel is the answer. Excellent, fresh, and local, just like Grandma used to make. Start your day with a Music City omelet and some prime rib hash. Or a cast iron waffle with Nashville hot chicken. For those wanting variety, hit the biggest breakfast buffet in Music City. And, of course, the world-famous Biscuit Bar. Start your day with the fresh, local, and down-home cooking of Kitchen Notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown. This is the Greg Pogue and John Burton Show. The players make the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. You think so? Yeah, I think they'll get it. Penn? Yeah, they'll make it and probably get bounced. I don't the think they're going to. Yeah, oh, I don't think they're, they're, this, I feel oh, pretty, they'll make it but lose I feel pretty that these well, people have. Go ahead there, rah-rah guy. Are they going to win the Stanley Cup, Greg? No, they're not. Okay. You know, so, okay. Hey, what, what are we saying? Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Greg Pogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio. Get into the Bill King Show, 615-844-5600. He doesn't charge by the minute. Gator Dave, Gators Breakdown is podcast with us Tuesdays. And Dave, let's begin with the staff. Now, Austin Armstrong is the new defensive coordinator. That had been reported a while back, but is official now, which I think is a very good hire. But also some criticism coming just about all the movement there. So tell us what has happened here the last week or so with coaches. Uh. Well, Bill, you got me. I was making sure. I know I hopped on late with the Zoom. You got me? Yeah, got you. No worries. Good. Yeah. So, Bill, uh, you know, it's not like these guys. It's, first of all, uh, former defensive coordinator Patrick Toney, uh, defensive or uh, tight end coach William Piegler, and wide receiver coach Kerry Colbert. And, you know, it's not like these guys have, uh, you know, went on to uh, equal jobs or other college jobs. You know, these guys went to the NFL. So, it's not like uh, there's – you know, a sinking ship in Gainesville, and they're and they're leaving for you know just to get out. You know, they're 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 going to NFL jobs here. And book uh, Bill, I mean, you, look, we've talked about it on your show, and and I know it's been kind of expressed out there as well. You know, the college game is changing, uh, and it's more and more less about football and uh, more of a headache and all the other things you have to deal with. And some guys just want to coach balls. So, you know, the NFL is the best place to do that right now without dealing with all the other. Uh, NIL headaches and transfer portal headaches and, you know, the babysitting that goes along with college football. So I think we're going to see a lot more coaches uh, leave the college game and go to the NFL if they get that opportunity. Uh, and three guys for Florida staff got that opportunity. So uh, last week they they uh, decided to go to the NFL. Uh, Tony and Pig will go to the Arizona Cardinals and Kerry Colbert goes to the uh, Denver Broncos to be the wide receiver coach there. So uh, yeah, Bill. And then you, you mentioned Armstrong and he's the replacement there for, for Patrick Tony. Uh, yeah, seems to be a, a good pickup, you know, still right now uh, at this point in his career, probably based on more potential than anything. But you, know, you ask around a bit and in that coaching circle of Billy Napier, Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, he's very, very highly thought of as, as a young up and comer. Now, he was a defensive coordinator the last two years at Southern Miss, uh, improved their defense overall. Uh, really got uh, really no more. It's going to be the same system, uh, same kind of 
scheme that Patrick Tony had as defensive coordinator, but he will change it up a bit as bringing more pressure, tighter coverage. Uh, and, you know, with Florida athletes, you hope that that can uh, break through this defense that's been uh, downtrodden for the last few seasons. But, um, yeah, so it, it'll look very similar to, to start with, but what he asks his players to do will be a little bit different. Uh, but, you know, in that coaching circle that I mentioned of, uh, of Billy Napier, Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, uh, Southern Miss defensive coordinator the last two years, uh, before that was on the Louisiana staff with Billy Napier and Patrick Tony. Uh, the year before that, uh, Billy Napier uh, called up Kirby Smart and said, hey, you know, take this guy under your wing for a year, let him learn. Uh, and, you know, he, as, after he did that, he was a linebacker coach and then went to be defensive coordinator at Southern Miss. And then, Bill, the, the thought was, well, he was he was only on the job for a little over a week at Alabama uh, when he left his Southern Miss defensive coordinator role uh, to be the uh, linebacker coach there at Alabama. And the thought was kind of to be groomed and maybe, quote-unquote, defensive coordinator in waiting uh, when Kevin Steele ends up leaving Alabama. So very highly thought of in, in that little coaching circle uh, with all the connections of, uh, of Billy Napier, Nick Saban, and Kirby Smart. Uh, and maybe, you know, Florida just kind of gets him right before uh, he was going to be defensive coordinator at Alabama in a couple of years. Is Dallas Baker going to be the new wide receiver coach? Bill, I don't know. Um, you know, that one, from what I could gather, Bill, there was heavy, heavy thoughts that it was maybe leaning Justin Stepp, the wide receiver coach at South Carolina, late last week. I think that was kind of trending that way. I think he's going to end up staying at South Carolina. Um, it seemed to be trending that way, you know, Thursday, Friday, but you know, maybe sometime Friday, Saturday. Uh, I think the final decision or, you know, maybe final decision to be made there uh, to, to for him to stay at South Carolina. He was previously at Arkansas, so some SEC experience as a wide receiver coach. Uh, Bill, so now I, I do think there's maybe a pivot there for Florida. Uh, Dallas Baker is a name that comes up, of course. Uh, previously Marshall, uh, Buffalo, uh, now as that Baylor as the wide receiver coach. So, you know, getting into the, uh, the Power Five ranks there at Baylor as a wide receiver coach. And, of course, a former Gator. Uh, there uh, in that 2006 national championship team, part of that. Uh, but also, um, Bill, we're hearing maybe, you know, Ike Hilliard's name, maybe some interest on his side, uh, former Gator as well under Steve Spurrier, long career in the NFL, uh, wide receiver coach in the NFL as well for, for quite some time before he came to Auburn last year uh, and part of that staff of Brian Harson that ended up getting fired. So two former Gators, Bill, um, that are kind of maybe on the, the, the big board uh, there for Florida and replacing Kerry Colbert. Bill, of course, uh, you know, the, the big wish list, the big kahuna, if you could find a way to get it done. Uh, I don't think it happens, but of course, you know, I think you have to make the call just to maybe see what it would take to happen. It'll be Brian Hartline up there at Ohio State, of course, uh, recruiting the state of Florida and those wide receivers like nobody else. He's, he's second to none in recruiting those wide receivers uh, in, in Florida, in that South Florida area. So I think, uh, you know, you make that call, maybe see what it takes to see if you could do anything there. As I said, I wouldn't expect much to happen there, but, you know, that Bill, that would be, you know, target numero uno at the top of the board and see if you could get it done. Gator Dave, Gators break down on Tuesdays with us. Is that it? Is there, any, is there anything else happening with the staff? <laughs> uh, 
Staff wise, Bill, you know, we'll see what they do at tight end coach as well as, re- as replacing Piegler. Not, not, not necessarily a huge loss there uh, as far as, I mean, could he be a good coach down the road? Maybe, but he's very replaceable for where Florida is at right now. Uh, you know, not, not heavy, heavily recruiting the tight end position as far as stature goes. Uh, for prospects, you know, we'll see what they what, what they do there. Eric Kisal is the name that kind of comes up. He was on that Auburn staff last year too. Previously, with Brian Harson at Boise State, uh, Florida brought him in uh, within the last uh, few weeks to, to be an analyst on the staff. Uh, now there's an opening at the tight end position. He's uh, he's got previous experience as offensive coordinator under Harson at Boise State, uh, and a little bit uh, at Auburn last year as well. As they were kind of going through their offensive coordinator carousel, uh, so you know, probably a name to watch out for there. But not getting uh, a lot of traction behind the scenes of you know maybe where Billy Napier goes for that tight end coaching position. So Bill Beam, but the, here, here's the thing: Florida starts spring practice on Saturday. So you you would think uh, that would mean these hires will be coming up uh, you know, in the next couple of days as Florida hits the uh, practice field on Saturday. So it's uh, I didn't even know that they start Saturday. Wow. Yep, yep. They uh, you know announced the bill uh, about a month ago. They're going to do that Thursday night spring game again. Uh, I believe that's April thirteenth. So you know they won't uh, be on a uh, on a weekend again. They'll do that Thursday night thing. So they'll uh, be kicking off uh, spring practice of, you know a few days before everybody else. Uh, with their spring game being a little, you know, a couple of few days earlier than, than, than most teams out there. So, yeah, pretty quick, uh, pretty quickly, Bill, we'll be able to talk some football. It's only in spring and, you know, we'll take away from that what you will. But, you know, all the moving parts that the Gators have with, you know, new quarterback there with Graham Mertz through the transfer portal, all these other transfers they brought in, a lot of early enrollees on campus as well, uh, you know, getting their first taste of, uh, of football when spring football kicks off on Saturday. Anything of note when talking about basketball? Baseball obviously is underway, and they're ranked pretty high. Yeah, Bill. Um, basketball, you know, we'll go there first right now. Uh, you know, just kind of once Colin Castleton went down, you know, the Gators kind of kind of lost their way uh, a bit right now, and you know now place uh, face their former coach again in Mike White in, in Georgia again tonight, and the fir- won the first matchup. Uh, but of course, that was with Colin Castleton, Bill. But uh, in a in a little bit of a funk right now as the season comes to a close. So uh, you know, maybe you'll see uh, with the with the facing the former coach. You know, we'll see uh, what that means for the Gators tonight versus Georgia. But yeah, Bill, baseball uh, as you as you mentioned uh, on fire right now. Um, Jack Cuddling on, uh, really on fire. He had three home runs in a game on Sunday, Bill. Uh, they hit eight homers, I believe, on Sunday to kind of close the series out versus uh, Cincinnati. So hitting the ball well, Bill. Starting pitching is doing pretty good. Maybe the bullpen, probably the biggest worry for the Gators, or, you know, relief pitching, the biggest worry there uh, as the season kind of gets started and underway. A series with Miami this weekend. I'll be in Gainesville for, for the game on Saturday. So finally get to see the team in person uh, this year, Bill. But, yeah, uh, baseball team seems to be, you know, living up to the reputation, expectation put on them coming into this season. Austin Armstrong, we talked about, was that Southern Miss defensive coordinator, then at Alabama briefly, now at Florida. What about Hurston Waltrip, the Southern Miss pitcher transfer who's considered a first-round draft pick? Has he already pitched for them? Bill, I'd be lying if I, if, uh, if I told you. You know, I've, I, I've, I've been able to keep up with the baseball team as far as no I probably watched, Yeah, no worries. Yeah, watched two full games there. Uh, they're trying to, you know, catch back up for – lost time during the football season with the family a bit on the weekend. So <laughs> I catch back up, you know, where I can, but uh, yeah, like I said, excited, excited to see the team in, in person for the first time. This could just coming up Saturday versus Miami. So um, yeah, maybe uh, with spring practice starting up, Bill, who knows, who, who knows how deep I can get into baseball. 
and we can visit the quarterback situation again anytime through the spring, but is it still at least thought that it's Graham Mertz's job to lose? Uh, yeah, Bill, I, I think so. I mean, maybe that is a storyline for the question, uh, you know, a, a question, a storyline for spring practice coming up. And, you know, what would it mean for Florida if we end up hearing, all right, maybe Jack Miller's pushing? Does that mean he took a step forward? Or does that mean Graham Mertz is, you know, maybe you know, struggling through spring practice in this transition of learning the Florida offense? Of course, you know, Jack Miller should be ahead. Uh, as far as all the off the field uh, learning of the offense, knowing the offense being there a year now, um, you know, but maybe that's a, a storyline that we that we do kind of look out for. Maybe we, what we can glean ourselves or what we hear behind the scenes ourselves. Uh, if you know the quarterback competition is is tighter than most expect, uh, Bill. But uh, in the end, uh, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, to start, I think it's going to be Graham Mertz getting those number one reps and also coming out of spring practice. I, I'd expect him uh, to be the guy there for the Gators. I might as well poll you, ask you this question. With Florida State's AD, Michael Walter, uh, Michael Alford, sorry, on Friday, Gator Dave, laying down the gauntlet, talking to his board of trust and saying something's got to change. We're only getting $30 million, $35 million a year, and we cannot sustain. We cannot compete. And – He wanted the ACC to hear this, even though the ACC is aware that they've got teams and schools that are not happy and would die to get out of that league. And their terrible media rights deal that they have that goes through 2036 that they cannot get out of. Do you think there's a scenario where the SEC does take in a Florida State and or a Clemson? And what would Florida think about this? Uh, I don't think Florida would like it, Bill, uh, at all. And I don't know if Greg Sankey or, you know, in the SEC offices would, would care. Uh, I'm sure Florida would have a say uh, and, and would express, much like Florida State's doing right now and expressing their feelings toward the ACC, I'm sure Florida would express their feelings for that scenario. Um, yeah, I don't think Florida would like it a bit. I don't think South Carolina would like it a bit uh, right. you know, for the same thing same going on with Clemson. Um Bill, so I mean, I don't know. You know, right now, uh, I seem to take Greg Sankey at his word that he's not looking necessarily for the SEC to expand uh, at the moment by Texas and Oklahoma. You know, he's fine with sixteen uh, teams right now, but you know, I we know how quickly these things change, and I think Bill, well, I think my first question: Would the SEC be be interested? Uh, you know, I, you do get a. Uh, you know, a, a power there in Florida State or, you know, a, a potential power, you know, with, with their history uh, of winning championships, you know, especially in the 90s and head-to-head versus Florida. Uh, I think there would be some value there for the SEC and, and in Florida State and, of course, with Clemson as well and, and their stature in college football right now. Uh, but, you know, is that – it's it's tough, but at least for the Florida side, yeah, they, they – I don't think Florida would care for it uh, too, too, too much at all. Uh, and, you know, looking big picture, Bill, you know, as far as the SEC and ESPN and all that stuff goes, you know, what does that mean for the contracts that, you know, they just agreed to or, you know, ripping those up and, you know, adding two, two more teams or four more teams to get to 18 or 20. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know how often this changes, Bill. Uh, I think when you, when you look at realignment and, and expansion for conferences, um, you know, is there a timetable for when these things change? 
uh, dealing because of dealing with the TV networks and, and trying to figure that end of it out. You know, how often would these would, would these networks and, and these conferences be willing to change? I mean, I'm sure, you know, Clemson and Clemson and FSU would do it tomorrow. Uh, if they could, but I'm not so sure the conferences would. So, Bill, I, I think timing uh, will have a lot to do with this as well. Tell everybody how they can get the podcast Gators Breakdown. Yep, Bill, everybody can get Gators Breakdown at newsforjackscom slash Gators Breakdown, YouTube for the video version, and all the podcast platforms as well out there. And, uh, Bill, yeah, tonight we'll uh, we'll be hitting up uh, kind of a spring practice primer uh, as the Gators hit the field on Saturday. And, of course, we'll we'll cover all the coaching hires that the Gators hopefully make this week, um, you know, as, as we count down the days of spring. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it. See you next week. See you, Bill. I was looking. And this is a list of the starting pitchers, just ranking starting pitchers as the baseball season gets started. List radio. You ready? Chase Dolander, Tennessee, one. Rhett Louder, Wake Forest, two. Tanner Hall, Southern Miss, three. Hurston Waldrop, Florida, four. Now, he was the Southern Miss transfer we were just talking about. Chase Burns, number five, Tennessee. Paul Skeens, number six. I would argue that. I think Skeens is higher than that. Hunter Elliott, who's got all problems at the moment, number seven. Remember, we talked to Ole Miss Evie about that last Friday. Carter Holton, eight, Vanderbilt. And then there's a couple of others, but interesting. All right. Let's take the break. A little bit later, hour three, Brian Driscoll from Irish Breakdown will check in with us. Omni Nashville Hotel. Paid for by Anthem Tax Services. Attention, if you or your business is behind in filing your tax returns or if you owe over $10,000 in back taxes to the IRS, please listen carefully. The IRS does not joke around and will not stop their collection efforts. If you're tired of the IRS letters, levies, liens, or wage garnishments and would like to get a fresh start, we can help. Due to the financial hardships in the country, the IRS is making it easier than ever to settle tax problems for those who owe more than $10,000. We can help settle your delinquent tax problems and all collections and may even reduce your back taxes significantly. Even if you can't afford to pay your back taxes, you can still get the help you need. We've helped thousands of taxpayers just like you, but you must call 800-240-4917 today to stop your tax problem from getting worse. The information is free and the help is real. Call 800-240-4917. That's 800-240-4917. Again, 800-240-4917. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problem now by calling the experts at U.S. Tax Shield and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws 
clause that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, so call now. 800-785-9132. That's 800-785-9132. U.S. Tax Shield. 800-785-9132. What happens to your decision-making when you drink? Well, after one drink, you feel confident. A few more. And calling your ex at 1 a.m. seems like a great idea. And you're pretty sure the secret to a great taco is four-day-old macaroni. The bottom line, drunk you doesn't make great decisions. So you're risking a DUI or worse if you count on him to get you home. Plan before you party. Get home safe. Paid for by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. I just saw a picture of Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon is one of those guys that lived hard, okay? I know. Look, I know. I understand. There's some rough, humble miles on that body. Yeah. Some on the field, some off the yeah. field. Jim McMahon, high mileage. Oh, there's a high mileage. High mileage in that and vehicle. It is not no. highway miles. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. all there is to know about Johnny Five Star, and now you can too. It's Bill King. about 20 minutes into hour three. Let's go back out west, though. Pac-12 is, I would say, somewhat in desperation mode. Might be a slight exaggeration, although I don't think so. Trying to get a TV deal, trying to get a media deal. And it's not going well at least so far because they have no leverage they don't have anything that they can muscle the money people with the tv execs they don't they've got nothing to use as hey look at us flex over here you're gonna need this they don't have anything like that So I would, again, double down and say it's probably desperation mode. Now, I'm not saying that Big Tech couldn't swoop in there and make it right with a nice check. That could happen. you got to be careful stereotyping the body language in these negotiations because you never quite know how you're getting played there. But it appears as if it's not going well. 
There was an article written by, I believe, The Atlantic that said that if the Pac-12 doesn't get something done, let's say in about a week or two, that schools in the Pac-12 are going to turn it up a notch or two looking to flee, looking to find a new home. Now, obviously, if you could just, hey, Big Ten, we're coming. Where's our money? If you could just do that, then so be it. That's not the way this works, right? Big Ten's got to want you. And the Big Ten doesn't have to be in any type of rush because they're sitting there with a fat and happy new media deal that's going to make everybody very, very happy and lucrative. Yeah, Northwestern's going to be making two to three times more than Florida State and Clemson, just for an example, in, in this new deal that starts this coming year with football. Their new deal. You've got NBC. You've got CBS. You've got Fox. They're, they're set up. They don't have to do anything. They can sit down and just be happy or maybe get more money and divvy it up with a Washington and Oregon. Now, there's talk that Washington and Oregon don't have to have an equal cut to get to that league. They'd gladly accept if everybody else is making 70 to 80, we'll take 40 to 50. Happily. And that would geographically help because now Southern Cal and UCLA would have partners out west that would make the travel a little bit more reasonable for all the sports, football all the way to the uh, rowing team or the synchronized swimming team or whatever they're doing, right? But there is talk that if this does not escalate, that teams could be looking for, schools could be looking and turning up the heat a little bit. And, yeah, I see where I was just talking about this. Tom in Myrtle Beach pulls it up, and it's a tweet. George K., that would be George Klyavikov, however you pronounce his name, running out of time to get a TV deal. If no TV deal in the next week, it's expected the Pac-12 will start to find new homes. Even the Atlantic article yesterday, it used words to indicate issues. Precisely. I saw Jay Book over there talking about it too. Jim and Jupiter. Bill, days of individual schools being able to keep out rivals is over. Just ask A&M who wasn't even told that Texas was coming to the SEC until it was over. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's an aspect or an item either. But, and yeah, I mean, Florida wouldn't want them, and South Carolina wouldn't want them either, meaning Clemson in this case. But that's not a reason to, I mean, if you're the SEC office and you want Florida State and or you want Clemson, you're going to do what you got to do. And Florida will get over it. South Carolina will get over it. Johnny Vegas built something to keep an eye on with Paul Skeens. He threw 98 pitches in the first game and 102 in the second game. I only saw him in the first game. And 
they've been on whatever network that is that D1 Baseball has. Their games were on there, which I'm not – no, I'm not ordering that. That is not worth my time. I've got ESPN Plus, which covers almost everything. And if I have to, I'll pull up games on the radio. I pulled up the LSU game over the weekend on the radio, one of their games. I pulled the Vandy Boys up. Of course, we carry the Vandy Boys on WNSR, the mothership. But I've got plenty of subscriptions that I subscribe to. I'm definitely not going to order that one. So I only saw Skeens in that first one. He looked fantastic. But, yeah, that, that'll be interesting. Heck, that kid from Iowa, we were talking about that yesterday, throws 100. <laughs> throws like 101. <laughs> and he's a football dude. It's not even on baseball scholarship. Yeah, if I'm Tony Balls, I'm, I'm poaching him right now, man. The heck with the rules. I'm poaching him right now. Omni Nashville Hotel. Maui Ahuna plays today. Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty, is reminding motorists to slow down on our roadways, keep an eye out for kids at play, and never text and drive. Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty, is our area's premier and most trusted real estate professional, backed by years of experience. So if you're buying, selling, moving, or improving, give the pros a call today at 615-519-3339. Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty, a professional who cares. Hey, you know it's a leap year, right? No, the next leap year isn't until 2024. Nope, it's this year. I can prove it. Here, play this new instant game from the Tennessee Lottery. Uh, okay. <laughs> Woohoo! I won! See what you did there? I jumped up and down? No, that was a leap. Don't miss your chance to jump for joy this February with our newest instant games. You could win up to $5 million. The Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. And now, some big news from WINN. The new February instant games from the Tennessee Lottery have arrived. Now, for some bigger news, there are four new exciting games to choose from. And now, for our biggest news yet, you could win a top prize of $5 million. Make a break for fun today with February Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Welcome to Smashville, home of the biggest hits in hockey and the loudest parties on Broadway. Join us at Bridgestone Arena Tuesday, February 28th for golf night and college night with Western Kentucky University as your Nashville Predators take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Purchase your special event tickets today at NashvillePredators.com slash college nights for a Preds branded golf towel or Preds and Western Kentucky co-branded hat. That's NashvillePredators.com slash college nights. Let's go Preds. 
What's your next dream? Paying off your credit card? Remodeling your kitchen? Exploring the rainforest of Costa Rica? Whatever your dreams, they take some planning. And State Farm agent Austin Hardy is right here in the Middle Tennessee community to lend a hand. As your local good neighbor, he can help you look at the things you want to save for and come up with a plan to make those saving goals happen. Because your money should work just as hard as you to achieve your dreams. So whether it's being free of debt or free to roam the world, call State Farm agent Austin Hardy here in the Middle Tennessee community. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The Jim Rome Show. I get a lot of vacation. I understand that. However, I don't take a lot of sick days. The, these things are not one and the same. That was not like I worked eight straight days or I worked Super Bowl Sunday. I think I'll give myself a day off. I earned it. And by the way, I could because I have those days. I pride myself in not taking sick days. I hate that. We usually grind through it. But honestly, it was the right thing. In that case, it was the right thing. The Jim Rome Show. Weekdays 11 to 2 on Nashville's Sports Radio. King is the king of college football, and his sample size is large. Just ask him. it around whatever questions you want to input that works well too interesting times we live in y'all i'm excited about today though midweek baseball yeah midweek baseball yeah lsu plays at texas now texas started that first weekend oh and three i don't know what they've done since and lsu's been pretty good they've got that one loss that lost to iowa but they've been good Pitching is better. The hitting is absolutely better. Tommy Tanks hadn't even gotten unleashed really yet. Which will happen. Which will happen. Maui O'Horna, do you find it ironic? I don't know if I harped on this much on the show. Probably should have. But Tony Balls gets suspended last Friday. And I'm sure this had been planned. Going to be out the whole weekend for the Dayton series. Maui Ohuna had not been uh, reinstated yet. Had not been cleared, I should say, yet. And uh, I floated, and I talked to Blake about this too. I wonder if this is some kind of plea bargain. He gets suspended by Tennessee. This expedites the Maui Ohuna status. And they get a quick announcement right after that. On Monday, it was announced Maui Ohuna is cleared and ready to go. So you finally get to see the Vols at full strength. Now, Maui Ohuna, if you don't know the situation, he's from Hawaii, played at Kansas. Is considered a first-round draft pick shortstop. Has an elite glove. 
and hit about 390-something, almost 400 a year ago. Now, I don't think he hit the ball all that well in the fall for Tennessee yet. But, and he may be a little rusty. I, I don't know if he comes out today. He may be a little rusty because, like anything else, getting in the batting cage is good practice, right? Or, or practice hitting is, is good, but it's not the same as when you have real-life skin and blood in the game. Real life pitching, you can get real life pitching in practice too, but but game pressure is different from anything else. Hitting. And so we'll see. He may be a little rusty in the beginning at the plate, but he has an elite glove. The kid who was actually playing, the Jazz Love kid, was really good defensively too. Now he doesn't have much of a bat. He's I think he's hitting about two ten, but what was that kid's name? Is it Austin or something? Jazz Love, who played pretty well, actually, um, filling in there. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. Baseball is going to be interesting this year. And remember, unlike football, and I guess a team in football can get hot. You could say that Ohio State 2014 team got hot. Remember after the Virginia Tech game? They got hot. Penn State team that won the Big Ten under James Franklin got hot, right? Remember they lost early. They lost to Pitt. They lost to Michigan. Got killed by Michigan. Ended up winning the Big Ten. So I guess you could get hot. But in baseball, you can get hot and win a national championship. Ole Miss this last year. Mississippi State the year before. That absolutely can happen. And in football, it's it's hard to say you got hot and won a national championship. You could get hot and maybe upset somebody, but to win a national championship, that's totally a different level. It's it's very, very hard to do. It's going to be fun to sit here and watch it, and I love midweek baseball. I do not love spring XFL football. At all. I've had people ask about me. I, I was on the uh, McFarland show last week. They asked me about it. I said, I didn't even know the XFL was playing. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I couldn't tell you. Now, if somebody has some, if you have a betting uh, secret on the XFL and you want to give me a tip, I'll take that. I'll put some John Daly's pizza money down on it. But I couldn't tell you who's out there or who's, I, I just can't. I it's it's not the same thing. I can't I can't watch it. Hour three on this Tuesday edition's coming up. And Brian Driscoll, Irish breakdown will be with us about twenty minutes in. Talk about Notre Dame. They've got their staff completed. We will ask a question that we've probably asked seven hundred and twenty eight times. Specific number, by the way. In the past, is Notre Dame confident in their NBC relationship that the new money is going to be competitive Big Ten SEC money? $70 million, something like that. Are they confident? I, I know the answer. The answer is yes. But I'll still ask it just because it's what we need to do around here, right? 
Break time, top of the hour, hour three. Omni Nashville Hotel will be there week from Friday, SEC tournament.